The Planchet is a product of the American Numismatic Society. Become a member and support this podcast. Go to numismatics.org slash membership. That is numismatics with an S dot O-R-G slash membership to see options and prices. Welcome to the Planchet Podcast from the American Numismatic Society. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt, and my guest today is Ventress Gibson, the 40th director of the U.S. Mint. She is the first African-American to serve as director and is the seventh woman to serve in this position. Director Gibson is a U.S. Navy veteran who joined the Mint from the District of Columbia government, where she served as the director of human resources. Prior to that, she served as associate deputy assistant secretary for human resources in the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Director Gibson's career with the federal government includes leadership roles in the Federal Aviation Administration, where she was Assistant Administrator for Human Resources, and the Department of Veterans Affairs as Deputy Assistant Secretary for Human Resource Management and its first Deputy Assistant Secretary for Resolution Management. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Sure. No, I really appreciate it. Um, my first question to you is, what does the job of Mint Director entail? Great question. And first and foremost, it's a wonderful job. The, the Mint director pretty much has the honor of leading the world's largest coin manufacturer. Uh, and I want to emphasize that our most important asset is our people, that manufacturing requires people and the machines can't run on plant floors without people. And it requires protection of the assets we're entrusted to as the United States Mint. So our primary commitment is the safety and security of our workforce, and this poses sometimes an added challenge, like, for instance, due to the pandemic, the workforce in our four production facilities in particular deserves the highest level of recognition because they continue to work unlike most mints in the world. And our workforce has continued to provide coins for commerce, for collecting, and for investing. So in the face of uncertain conditions uh, not experienced in this country and around the world, we, in fact, uh, have one of the strongest, strongest and best products, uh, especially in numismatic, bullion, and in our uh, claim to be uh, the best in the world. Uh, I operate six facilities. We employ approximately 1,600 uh, men and women across the nation. Each mint facility performs unique functions that are critical to our overall operations. Uh, production facilities that actually do circulating is they're located in Denver and Philadelphia. They produce coins of all denomin denominations like pennies, quarters, dimes, nickels, and both facilities also make dies to strike coins. Uh, all sculpting and engraving of coin and metal designs are also performed in Philadelphia. So when you look at those dies, uh, when you look at a coin and see the beautiful miniature art uh, that has miniature canvas of art, those dyes are produced by those facilities. Uh, production of numismatic products, however, including bullion, is primarily in San Francisco and at West Point. But all four locations produce commemorative coins as authorized by federal law. And all metals are authorized by Congress are produced by the Philadelphia Met, like the Congressional Gold Medal. It's important, of course, to understand that the men is more than manufacturing. Uh, in addition to those facilities, I also am responsible for 
uh, direct oversight of the U.S. Bullion Depository in Fort Knox, which stores and safeguards U.S. gold bullion reserves for the nation, as well as other assets that's entrusted to us. So those are the primary responsibilities. I have oversight, of course, of the employees and of all administrative operations and headquarters. Does that help a little bit? It, it certainly does. No, thank, thanks so much. This is this is just fascinating. Um, so how does this job differ from all the other positions in government that you've had? And how did you find your way from military service to the Mint? So how this job differs from all the others? First and foremost, I'm honored that uh, the president uh, chose me to uh, become the director of the United States Mint. I never expected to be under consideration to lead this agency, having a primarily human capital and civil rights background. But I had a profound moment of clarity shortly after he nominated me to serve because I, for the first time in my entire career, I was face to face uh, with an opportunity to lead an agency that I've loved most of my life. I always tell this story that what what's different about this for me that may not be for others is when I was a a young child, I had an uncle who was sight impaired and I have uh, I have brothers and I'm the only girl. And when he would come to visit us, he would pat each of us on the head and the boys would receive two quarters, 50 cents each. And I would receive a quarter because I was a girl. And so what I chose to do was to pull my hair back one day and uh, uh, fix it as tight as I could. So when he pat me on the head, I too would get 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so my love relationship of history of this country, of uh, my service to uh, while I was in the Navy. And, and so this kind of was like it came full circle for me, uh, the passion around coins, just the beauty in which and, and all of what we do is, is something that not only resonates with me as an individual, but it, it's we bring coins to life where where people know what it means. When you look at that quarter or wherever you are in the world, you can tell what meant we are. And it says United States of America, e pluribus unum. Uh, th that, that just resonates with me. So that's one difference. Our core values are different. Uh, means a lot to me. That is, you know, we have stewardship. Of course, we have service and quality and accountability of our workforce. And my time with the United States Navy uh, as a Navy veteran and then seeing veterans on coins or like our most recent product that ended this past uh, December was the Purple Heart. And just seeing that come to life just means so much to me. So I'm in line with the mission. I'm in line with what we do. I so enjoy everything we do and I enjoy serving with the people who make a difference. No, that's that's a great answer. Thank you so much. Um, so we're, we're going to talk about quarters in a minute. But uh, first, uh, you know, aside from producing uh, circulating coinage, uh, I understand that the Mint also produces collectibles. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what they are? And is it a growing business? Is there a lot of interest? There's always a lot of interest in numismatic. And that that's wonderful news for us. Uh, our numismatic program uh, in 2021 sold 3.6 million units, uh, which corresponds to a revenue of about 577 million wow. and earnings of 106 million. So these totals actually 
represent the numismatic program's best revenue and earnings in nine years. So, you know, we are very happy about that. And especially me, since it was my first year in, I had to show success. Uh, The customer base for the Mint's program has increased. uh, And it it went from 455,000 to uh, 521,000. So this was complemented by our bullion program, which did very well. In fact, we had the highest yields in revenue in 20 years. And our bullion revenue was at $3.8 billion with a net earnings of almost $69 million. So the success of those programs combined with our seniorage that's generated by uh, what we do from the production of uh, circulating coins allowed us to transfer $120 million to the United States Treasury General Fund. So we had a, a very successful year and hope to continue to do so. Well, that's terrific, and that that's uh, that's <laughs> quite an ambitious uh, you know program, and that's that's great trajectory going into uh, 2023 and then you know 2024. Um, all right, so we'll get back to coins for a second, and um, you know, one of the programs uh, that I was really interested in was the American Women Quarters series, which was launched last year. I'm wondering if you can describe for our audience what the series is, um, why it's so important, and how the women who appear on uh, the coins in the series are selected. So the reason why um, we decided to go with that is women, you know, have have contributed to the country since its beginnings, and certainly we should have them on uh, on coins, especially those that are utilized every day by Americans. So what we did is uh, the Circulating Collectible Coin Redesign Act in of 2020 gave us the authority by Congress to actually create the American Women's Quarters Program. And we did so uh, by a couple of things. First and foremost, uh, again, it was authorized by Congress and the president signed that into law. And in 2021, we actually invited to submit uh, the American public uh, any potential honorees. We received, we created an electronic portal uh, to do so through uh, the Smithsonian Instant Institute Women's History Initiative and the Women's History Museum, an electronic portal where 11,000 uh, members of the public submitted ideas. And from those uh, ideas that came through, those two organizations and as well as the Congressional Bi- Bipartisan Women's Caucus, which is a bipartisan group of uh, Congress, Congress individuals on the Hill, uh, they approved a four-year program that features circulating coins with the reverse designs that are that feature uh, the accomplishments of women who were trailblazers and pioneers. So beginning in 2022, we launched five quarters uh, that under the law had to be racially, ethnically and geographically diverse, as well as in any field, including suffrage or civil rights or abolition or government or humanities, science, space and the arts. The secretary played a very critical role in that regard as the, excuse me, Commission on Fine Arts, as well as our Citizen Coinage Advisory Committee made recommendations after we provided some designs as the U.S. Mint. Then the CCAC and the Commission on Fine Arts review them and say, well, here's some we recommend. And then it goes to the secretary for approval. So she has ultimate approval authority. That first year, which you probably are aware of, we rolled out for 2020 uh, to Maya Angelou, Dr. Sally Ride, uh, well, a man killer, Nina uh, Toto Warren, uh, 
and Anna Mae Wong and received so much positive feedback. This year and on January 3rd, we just rolled out Bessie Coleman, who was an African-American woman and first Native American woman uh, to be a pilot uh, in the United States. So that's something that we were really excited about. Uh, something that I know you all will love is Edith Kanaka Oli, Eleanor Roosevelt, Ovita Idar, and Maria Talchi for all the remaining women for this year. But you know what's really interesting about this American Women's Quarters program is the obverse, which is the head's design, is by Laura Garden Fisher, Fraser. And she was one of the most prolific female sculptors of the early 20th century. Her work spans across numismatic communities. So she actually designed in 1932 the portrait of George Washington, which, uh, as you know, is on the heads of the quarter. But they did not select her design. They selected someone else's design. His That's name right. was John Flanagan. Well, with the American Women's Quarters Program, we brought Laura, Laura uh, Frazier's design to life so that now uh, we have a woman who had designed George Washington and featured the women on the uh, obverse. So that's what we're doing. We're doing all kind of educational opportunities. We're hearing from all kind of groups that are very excited about these programs. In fact, when we rolled out Wilma Mankiller, who was the first uh, woman uh, principal chief of the Cherokee Nation in 2022, uh, U.S. men had the honor of participating in a recognition of nearly 1,500 people in Oklahoma. So it's 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 getting a lot of press and and de deservedly so it's about time. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say this is this is terrific. No, I'm, I'm delighted to hear it. Um, and so you know, this is this is a great segue to my last question, which is, you know, you have this very successful program. And I'm wondering what what's next? Uh, what other upcoming series are there that you could tell us about? Uh, for example, are there coins planned to commemorate or celebrate the uh, country's 250th anniversary? Well, yes, and we call that the, the semi-quincentennial, mouthful uh -huh. for 250 <laughs> years, exactly. Uh, yes, we are working, uh, of course, this is across government uh, in, you know, preparing for our 250th anniversary. Uh, that is going to bring about uh, a substantial amount of new quality type products that I am not at liberty to discuss yet because nothing's been decided yet but a lot of excitement about what we're going to do, including in the circulating arena for that one year period. Uh, we did from Morgan and Peace, uh, we are uh, rolling that out this year. As you know, I made a commitment to customers that uh, when I came on board, as you know, we had a challenge with Morgan and Peace in early 2021 uh, that did not um, prepare us well for 2022. So in lieu of just putting a coin out there that may not have been enough for us to provide or uh, would concern the public, I said, well, let's wait until 2023. Let's make sure we have the silver supply that we need to do so and not uh, compromise our bullion program. And we did. And so Morgan and Peace uh, dollar program is coming out. The Native American $1 coin, which will feature uh, Maria Tallchief, who was also um, a ballerina, uh, one of the first uh, premier ballerinas in the United States. So that's coming out. And the American Innovation $1 coin program, 
we plan to launch this year. Uh, so we're excited to announce those programs. But uh, right now, as we speak, we're looking, looking at a couple of other surprises. Uh, we okay. want to roll out a couple limited editions. And, uh, and so we are talking to a number of individuals on what that looks like as we lead up to the semi-quincentennial. We're delighted to have you as the U.S. Mint Director, and uh, thank you very much for taking the time. I just would like for everyone to know that if there's anything that we can do, you know, we have your voice and and, and numerous other numismatic uh, uh, forums that just let us know. Uh, we love customer feedback, and and you know, if there are ideas out there, just please let someone know in the U.S. Mint, and and we'll see what we can do if possible. Now, of course, I can't take a million ideas at one time, but I do want to hear about how we're doing from a customer perspective, how uh, the enrollment, well, I guess we can't call them enrollments anymore, but subscriptions now uh, are going with the website and and just what else we can do better to serve you. That's very helpful to know, and I know that our listeners will chime in. And uh, I know that uh, you know folks here at the American Numismatic Society who are you know involved in the Coin Advisory Committee um, and uh, you know other numismatic projects, you know, will certainly you know be in touch as uh, inspiration strikes. So, uh, Director Gibson, thank you very much again for taking the time and answering our questions, and uh, we look forward to seeing what's next. Thank you so much. Thank you.